This is our devotional commentary for Judges chapter 1. I'm Pastor Doug Corlew. Welcome to the Abide Podcast, where we daily begin with the reading of God's Word. After the death of Joshua, the people of Israel inquired of the Lord, Who shall go up first for us against the Canaanites to fight against them? The Lord said, Judah shall go up. Behold, I have given the land into his hand. And Judah said to Simeon his brothers, Come up with me into the territory allotted to me, that we may fight against the Canaanites, and I likewise will go with you into the territory allotted to you. So Simeon went with him. Then Judah went up, and the Lord gave the Canaanites and the Perizzites into their hand, and they defeated ten thousand of them at Bezek. They found Adonai Bezek at Bezek, and fought against him, and defeated the Canaanites and the Perizzites. Adonai Bezek fled, but they pursued him and caught him and cut off his thumbs and his big toes. And Adonai Bezek said, Seventy kings with their thumbs and their big toes cut off used to pick up scraps under my table. As I have done, so God has repaid me. And they brought him to Jerusalem, and he died there. And the men of Judah fought against Jerusalem and captured it and struck it with the edge of the sword and set the city on fire. And afterward the men of Judah went down to fight against the Canaanites who lived in the hill country, in the Negeb, and in the lowland. And Judah went against the Canaanites who lived in Hebron. Now the name of Hebron was formerly Kiriath Arba. And they defeated Sheshai and Ahiman and Talmai. From there they went against the inhabitants of Debur. The name of Debur was formerly Kiriath Sefer. And Caleb said, He who attacks Kiriath Sefer and captures it, I will give Aksah my daughter for a wife. And Othniel, the son of Kenaz, Caleb's younger brother, captured it. And he gave him Aksah his daughter for a wife. When she came to him, she urged him to ask her father for a field. And she dismounted from her donkey, and Caleb said to her, What do you want? She said to him, Give me a blessing. Since you have set me in the land of the Negeb, and give me also springs of water. And Caleb gave her the upper springs and the lower springs. And the descendants of the Kenite, Moses' father-in-law, went up with the people of Judah from the city of Palms into the wilderness of Judah, which lies in the Negeb near Arad. And there they went and settled with the people. And Judah went with Simeon his brother, and they defeated the Canaanites who inhabited Zephath and devoted it to destruction. So the name of the city was called Hormah. Judah also captured Geza with its territory, and Ascalon with its territory, and Ekron with its territory. And the Lord was with Joshua, and he took possession of the hill country, but he could not drive out the inhabitants of the plain, because they had chariots of iron. And Hebron was given to Caleb, as Moses had said. And he drove out from it the three sons of Anak, but the people of Benjamin did not drive out the Jebusites who lived in Jerusalem. So the Jebusites have lived with the people of Benjamin in Jerusalem to this day. The house of Joseph also went up against Bethel, and the Lord was with them. And the house of Joseph scouted out Bethel. Now the name of the city was formerly Luz. And the spies saw a man coming out of the city, and they said to him, Please show us the way into the city, and we will deal kindly with you. And he showed them the way into the city, 
and they struck the city with the edge of the sword. But they let the man and all his family go. And the man went to the land of the Hittites and built a city and called its name Luz. That is its name to this day. Manasseh did not drive out the inhabitants of Bethshean and its villages, or Tanakh and its villages, or the inhabitants of Dor and its villages, or the inhabitants of Ibliam and its villages, or the inhabitants of Megiddo and its villages, for the Canaanites persisted in dwelling in that land. When Israel grew strong, they put the Canaanites to forced labor, but did not drive them out completely. And Ephraim did not drive out the Canaanites who lived in Gezer. So the Canaanites lived in Gezer among them. Zebulun did not drive out the inhabitants of Kitron or the inhabitants of Nahalal. So the Canaanites lived among them, but became subject to forced labor. Asher did not drive out the inhabitants of Akko or the inhabitants of Sidon or Alwa or Akzib or of Helba or of Afik or of Rehab. So the Asherites lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land, for they did not drive them out. Naphtali did not drive out the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh, or the inhabitants of Beth Anath. So they lived among the Canaanites, the inhabitants of the land. Nevertheless, the inhabitants of Beth Shemesh and of Beth Anath became subject to forced labor for them. The Amorites pressed the people of Dan back into the hill country for they did not allow them to come down to the plain. The Amorites persisted in dwelling in Mount Harris, in Aizalon, and in Shalbim, but the hand of the house of Joseph rested heavily on them, and they became subject to forced labor. And the border of the Amorites ran from the ascent of Akrabim, from Selah, and upward. Exodus began when Joseph was dead. Joshua began when Moses was dead. Now Judges begins after Joshua is dead. And we are to be reminded that God's kingdom does not collapse when his most useful servants are removed from the scene. Our help is in the name of the Lord. And in Judges 1, he is still guiding and empowering his people to do all that he commands. While Joshua secured the conquest of the Promised Land, the tribes of Israel must now follow up by nailing down their own assigned territories. Through Moses, God had warned that a failure to completely drive out the Canaanites would be disastrous, leading to Israel's own downfall. Instead, they were to be God's instruments of just judgment upon a corrupt and perverted people. While Moses had trained Joshua to be his successor, Apparently, there was no obvious leader prepared to take the place of Joshua. God appoints the tribe of Judah to take the lead, and they recruit Simeon, their blood brothers, as allies. In a similar way, the sons of Joseph, Ephraim, and Manasseh act in harmony. And in both cases, the Lord grants victory. His people thrive on mutual assistance, as we also learn in the church. God has given us one another as channels of his help and strength. The initial success of the tribes is described with three little stories that are particularly interesting. The first is a tale of justice, with a captured king losing his thumbs and big toes, 
a punishment he claims to have inflicted on 70 other kings. The second is a tale of romance, as Caleb's nephew, Othniel, thought it worth the risk to attack a certain city if it meant winning Aksa, Caleb's daughter. Apparently he was better at capturing cities than asking favors of his father-in-law, so Aksa does it herself, receiving guaranteed water rights for their newly acquired land. The third is a tale of intrigue, as the Joseph tribes persuade a resident of Bethel to show them a secret hidden entrance to their fortified city. Sadly, by chapter's end, a refrain of critical failure is repeated with increasing frequency. Such and such a tribe did not drive out the inhabitants. Seven times it is stated, and with the tribe of Dan, the conquest actually goes in reverse. These alarm bells signal spiritual emergency. As Dale Davis says, Israel is like a surgeon who removes only part of the cancer, because even cancer has a right to grow and find fulfillment. A disaster is not immediate, but inevitable. Soon enough, their tolerance will lead to apostasy. Thanks for listening to the Abide Podcast. For more information about Summit Church of Alta, go to summitefc.com. And I'll meet you again next time as we abide living daily in the Word.